Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's finally here. The 2021-22 NHL season is upon us. Let's drop the puck. Welcome back, everybody, to another FHP podcast. Today, it is the last night, last sleep before the NHL regular season is upon us. Um, We're going to start off with a little bit of quick news here. It's me, your host, Antonio Capos, alongside co-host and lead analyst, Ben Rutledge. Um, And we will also be going through your start sets for tomorrow night. Uh, This is going to be a one-time occasion because we're normally going to be doing start sets for the week on Saturdays. Um, but we just wanted to get this episode out last night, uh, last, like I said, last sleep before the regular season uh, with all of our favorites and least favorites. So let's get right into it. All right. So I'll, I'm just going to quickly run through all of the recent news. All of this actually, I believe, broke today. So first, Matthews will be out the first week of the season. He's expected to miss the Leafs opener on Wednesday, their next game on Thursday, and the first Saturday night game is expected to miss all three. Um, as well, five players have been placed on the COVID um, reserve list. Jared McCann, Marcus Johansson, Junis Donskoy, Jamie Oleksiak, and Carl uh, Yarncroak. Um, it's, they have not been ruled out for tomorrow's franchise opener, although being placed on the COVID list the day before does not look, doubt, was, does not look favorably upon that. McCann was one of our starts for Seattle, so if he goes, he has to be in your lineup. Otherwise, obviously... You can have him in your lineup, but he won't be scoring any points. Um, as we mentioned before, the regular season opens tomorrow with a 7 o'clock game between the Pittsburgh Penguins and Tampa Bay Lightning, um, followed by Vegas versus Seattle. Um, as well, Nicholas Backstrom will be out for the opener in his timetable. We mentioned this in our Instagram post. is still unknown for when he'll be able to return. Um, that's with his lower body injury. Uh, Kane is not an active player in the Sharks amid his, amid his sexual assault and COVID and fake COVID vaccine form scandals. Um, so he's not currently active. Um, as well as Giordano's named the first Seattle captain 
uh, in franchise history. So that's big. And finally, John Cooper extends three more years with the Tampa Bay Lightning as their head coach. All right. Definitely a lot of big news in the league. Um, so I guess we'll start with our start sits now for the uh, Penguins versus Tampa game. Uh, let's start with the Penguins just because I feel like starting with the Penguins. Obviously, just a reminder that Crosby and Malkin are both Malkin are both going to be out. Um, so definitely don't be starting those guys in your lineup. That's also going to affect the team's chances of winning and probably the points of those guys on that team. So I think really our only starts for that team are going to be Gensel, Brian Rust, uh, Chris Letang, and just definitely don't start uh, Tristan Jarring that he is. He's going to get lit up likely by the Lightning. Uh, yeah, and for the um, Tampa Bay Lightning, obviously the big boys have all got to be in point. Stamkos, Hedman, um, Kucherov, Vasilevsky. Um, and just looking down the lineup for the depth pieces, Sergachev, he's got he, to be in your lineups. Um, uh, who, who else on their third line? Sorelli, you probably have to have him in too. Um, and then in deeper leagues, or even for any league, because there's not that many games going tomorrow, if you don't have a waiver pickup limit, adding a guy like Corey Perry, who's going to be on that elite Tampa Bay power play, isn't a horrible choice, given some of the other players who are going to be playing. Perry, I think, is a good uh, – same with Kalorn. Kalorn uh, and Perry are probably they play very similar roles on that power play. I expect really those are the the – Guys, you want to be starting for Tampa Bay. I'll go. I'll mention Seattle and Antonio. You can close us out with Vegas. So for Seattle, McCann, if he plays, he's got to be in. Matthew Benier, the rookie, also got to be in. Giordano's got to be in. Dunn's got to be in. Grubauer is a tough one because you don't want to start off the week with a big negative. Antonio, what, what are you thinking here? I'm, I'm thinking it's a bad idea, especially with Seattle, new club. All the chemistry is just going to get started i think that they're i'd like to see them win their first franchise game but i don't think it's likely just as they don't they haven't had that time to mesh especially as a defensive core that's really important just to know like you would know as a defenseman right that it's important to like know your defairs yeah they've had a off season but uh i think it could go one of two ways is the game in seattle if it's in seattle i'd start grubauer if not i would not because think about it first franchise game the team's gonna be fired up the crowd's gonna be fired up um though it's still it's one it's not like it's a mid-tier team they're facing they're facing the vegas golden knights who's it it is in vegas it's in the fortress it's in the fortress yeah i just i think you got to bench grubauer you got to eat that one i think to start um and then schwartz everly both of them have got to be in as well we were really low on grubauer just to start the season anyway um, just because we, we knew that this it's going to be a weaker defensive team in front of him for the first couple weeks, especially. And then we'll see how the decor group like figures itself out. But for now, I think that maybe even in the first two weeks, you don't start Grubauer unless he plays like one of Arizona or like the Ducks or one of those bottom like five teams on, on in the uh, in the West. Moving on, over to Vegas, we talked about it. They're going to be playing in the Fortress. I think Leonard's an easy start, especially against that um, expansion team. It's probably going to be a lower-scoring game. Uh, you also have Petrangelo. You're definitely going to be starting. So is Theodore. Uh, so is Martinez on the defense. Moving over to forwards, you have Mark Stone. You have uh, William Carlson in deeper leagues is probably a start. 
in well really in any league unless you have your center positions filled by those other three teams you're going to be starting William Carlson um, especially in the really deep leagues if you want to pick up Chandler Stevenson he's a good option on that second line um, I think is he talking about this game or is he in I think he's in right I think Tuck's in here I'll, I'll quickly pull it up right now and he's going to be in. Uh, one of those guys that you want to have in your lineup. Um, anybody else come to mind? Uh, Patrick, what are you thinking? Yeah, I like Nolan Patrick, definitely. Um, I also... Yanmark? Yanmark, yeah. If, if, it's a bit of a stretch for him, in my opinion. Um, but if you if you have nobody else to start, it's definitely a good idea. Just to get, you know get back in the swing of things. Max Pacioretty is a big one that I almost forgot about. Marcia, so you got, you got Riley Smith in some leagues if you want. Oh, and it looks like they're actually going with Stevenson on the first line for the first game. No, so, yeah. he's out for, yeah, tucks out long-term. That's what I thought. So you're definitely going to want Stevenson on the tucks, like, tucks out till January with shoulder, shoulder surgery. If you're in deeper leagues and you don't know what that last bench spot's going to look like, um, bring in Chandler Stevenson for the first week, see how he does. I think I'm probably going to be picking him up in one of our leagues just because I didn't know that they were going to plan on playing Carlson on the second line and splitting their offense like they are. Um, but that's a really good look for him. Dadnov is also another good look if you want to pick him off off waivers, but I don't think anybody else on these teams is really going to make any noise. Yeah, I agree. And one last thing, uh, we have the listener league is underway. There's um, we have the draft going on tonight once we finish recording this episode um so we're we have our scoring and we're going to tell you our preferred scoring um just for those of you i know it's a bit late but you can edit the the scoring um for your league so we have goals worth three assist is worth two a power play point is worth one a shorthanded point is worth two like added on um shots are worth 0.25 0.25 blocks 0.25 sorry blocks are 0.5 and a hit is 0.25 um no defenseman points and then for goalies a win is five a loss is minus three every goal against is minus two a save is 0.2 a shutout is three all right so that'll conclude that kind of pre kind of information that we needed to cover and so now we're going to move on to our favorites and least favorite players heading into this season and then that'll wrap it up for the first season of the podcast we'll be starting a new um season under our podcast tomorrow when we record our saturday episode um for this the saturday setup as we call it um and yeah so i'll start with my favorite with my first favorite player um well no surprise here as you'll expect for Antonio's is really not, no, not much any dad. Um, my favorite is Austin Matthews heading into the season. I think he's going to be a rocket winner. I think he's going to have a legit shot at the heart. I think he's going over 90 points. That's pretty much a lock. I think he's going to lead the Leafs. Disp- and um, yeah, I, I love the guy. For me, I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise. Um, I was, I, can't put Marsh on here because there's a possibility that with his age, he's going to dip, but I put Pasternak. I think he's just going to have a bounce back year here. We've talked about this before on the podcast. I think that really from last year, he was point per game. I don't think he can go much further down. So I think that he's going to be in the 90 point range this year um, and in the contention for the uh, rocket again this year. So hopes up to him and moving on to your second favorite then. 
So my second favorite, again, this is a guy I've hyped up all off season. Uh, it's my uh, favorite sleeper defenseman, favorite uh, defenseman to be the to, favorite dark horse to be the number one defenseman. Uh, we've got, I've got Neil Pionk, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Not much I need to say there. He's going to take over that number one power play. He's already elite at scoring goals from the defense position. I didn't say he is. I said he's my dark horse to be that, like a guy being drafted outside the first 10 defensemen that has a shot at winning it. Um. I think that he's he's going to be he's going to put up another elite here, probably 50, 55 plus points, uh, a good chunk of them power play points, and uh, I'm very confident in him heading into the season. So for me, I, I, there's no chance that Pionk gets the best the number one fantasy defenseman because Charlie McAvoy is a thing, and this isn't actually biased. I've been thinking about this all off season. Even as, as not being a Bruins fan, I know you guys might think I'm biased, but um, if you look at this guy, he's on probably one of the best power plays in the league on the Bruins power play with Hall, Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak, Pasternak. And he tied Hedman going into the finals for most defenseman points in the playoffs last year while only being in two rounds. Uh, with I think he had 20 points in those four. 14 games he played. Oh no, he didn't even play 14 games. He played 12 games with 20 points, which is just insane as a defenseman. I think if he can bring up his offensive upside, we all know that he's been an elite defenseman for a couple of years now, uh, just because of his defensive game. But I think that he's really going to bring the offensive consistency this year and have 60 points. And I think his target for in a draft should be in a 12 person league at five at the fifth round. And in a 10 person league, he should go around the sixth round. 60 McAvoy hasn't even tickled 60. I'm let alone come 60. close to that. I'm saying 60. All right. Breakout right here. All right. Okay. I, uh, well, I was going to ask Pionk or, or McAvoy points for those of you listening. I take Pionk, he takes McAvoy. Who do you think is going to score more points this year? Um, DM us at Fantasy Hockey Pucks or uh, email us at our website at fantasyhockeypucks.com. Okay, moving on to your next favorite. Um, so my next favorite is William Nylander. Antonio, you have him as well at four. Um, so you don't really need to cover that one. Um, I think that um, Nylander is going to put up an elite, elite season. He's going to continue his playoff success. And I think that he's um, going to be um, a top 10 right winger this season. All right, I'm just going to add one person to the bottom of my list then. Um, so for me, the number three option was Nikolai Ehlers. He's finally going to get that chance on that first line with Kyle Connor and Shifley. I think he's just going to light it up this year, guys. I think this guy's going for at least point – like, not. I'm not going to say at least point per game. My, my projection is point per game. He'll probably end up going for more like 70 points. But I think this guy's going to have more uh, goals – He's going to be like one of, I'm not going to say one of those Ovechkin players. I'm going to say he's going to be like one of those like prime, prime, what's his name? Guy in Buffalo. Oh my God. He's the guy that went for 42 points and six goals. Or 42 goals and six goals. I'm blanking. Skinner? Skinner. He's going to pull a Jeff Skinner year and he's going to go for 42 goals out of nowhere. And then he's probably going to like, teeter off a little bit next year and just be a 30 goal scorer. But 
just look out for him this year on that first line. All right. So my next, I have Ehlers as well at five, but my next guy's Heiskin, and I think he's going to take over that number one power play over Klingberg. I think he's going to really solidify himself as a um, true number one defenseman on his team and a true number one fantasy defenseman. He should finish in the top 10. I think he'll put up around 60 points. And I think you can agree on that one too. Um, I think that he's going to put up around 60 points. I think the power play points are a question whether or not he, he gets it. But even if he doesn't, I think that he's just going to, he's going to be an elite five on five producer this year. And um, yeah, not much else to say. Also, guys, if we both have somebody that's like a different favorite, it's basically saying like if he doesn't have one of my favorites, it's basically saying, okay, he thinks that this guy is going to be like about where his ADP is and not like too much higher, too much lower. Whereas like our favorites are kind of like, okay, like for the first round, obviously they can't go much higher, but we think that compared to their ADP, they're going to do better. Like basically a guarantee. Okay, for me, moving on to my fifth pick because you got Nylander. I got Quinn Hughes. I know that a lot of people are worried about him coming out of last year, especially me because I owned him last year and I got really pissed off when he wasn't a, you know, top defender for me coming out of his rookie year. But I think as many people know, sometimes defensemen, they have a boom Calder year. And then in the second year, they kind of level off and then they build from there. So I think Hughes is going to have one of those years. He's going to come back and show why he was in the same class as Makar and they were considered against each other for the Calder. I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be a top five defender like Makar. Don't get me wrong. He's not. But I think he will return to like a top 20, 15, 20 player. Should be drafted around 100 or like that 10 range. If you can get him a little bit earlier, that's also pretty decent. But if he drops below that 100 mark, he's an instant snatch for me. All right, so the next player that I have is Connor Garland. I think that Garland is going to be an elite fantasy producer this year. I think, sorry, elites may be a bit aggressive, but I think he's going to be a solid fantasy producer this year. He's going to likely be playing on the top line on the left with Pedersen and Besser. Um, I think it's hard to go wrong with that duo. I think that he has better, um, he has tons of potential to become one of the best and most consistent uh, scores. I don't think that he'll be, he'll, he'll be seeing a lot of two, three, four point games out of him, but I think like a consistent point a game um, for a good chunk of the season, finishing around 65 points, I think is a solid expectation for Garland. He was one of the lone bright spots on that, um, that Arizona team last year. And I think he'll, he'll continue that on an even better Vancouver team. For me, I'm going to move over on to my sixth favorite. I talked about him earlier when I was talking about Ehlers, but I got Kyle Connor here. He's going to be benefiting from that those Ehlers upside on that Jets first line with Shifley. I think that first line together is just going to be so potent. I know that they spread out their top six for the last couple of seasons, and they're, they've been one of the better offensive teams, but I think that they're just going to become like the Bruins and have one of the best um, – first lines in the league this is going to like hurt their depth scoring so I think that Wheeler's production goes down um especially but I think that Kyle Connor will probably be in that 60 70 point range just right with there with Wheelers, but he's going to be more of that assist playmaker guy 
All right, so the next guy that I have is Travis Konechny. He and Pionk are probably my two favorite non-Leafs players. I think Konechny was an elite. He was – I need to stop using elite. for. He was a very he was a very good player two seasons ago for Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia will bounce back. And as we've mentioned before, if they're going to do so, Carter Hart, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny are going to be the three guys that need to really step up. If they're going to do so, I expect him to step up. I expect Konechny to, to put up over 50 points this season. I think that's – and about 25 goals, I think, is a realistic expectation for him. And I feel confident having him as one of your bench or if you're a three – like a three left or three right winger as like your third, third winger, third, either left or right winger. I believe he has dual eligibility, but either your third left winger or third right winger. I think you'd be pretty happy if he's your third guy there. Moving on. I got Zach Wierenski. This, this guy, I don't use the word elite like Ben does, so I'm not going to overuse it, but this guy was elite two years ago. He was the top defensive goal scorer. He was projected to be good going into the last year. Didn't produce because Columbus was actually probably one of the worst teams in the league last year, and that's not an over-exaggeration. Um, and I think that was a lot because of Torts and his like misuse of their offensive capabilities. He was really focused on trying to be like, like have his own Barry Trot system, um, which did work for them the year before when they beat the Lightning in the first round. But don't try and copy one of the best coaches in hockey. Didn't work this year, meaning um, he got fired. So I think with an, under a new coach, Wierenski is going to return to that most goals for a defenseman. Um, I don't know how his assist numbers are going to go because he has line A on that team. He's probably going to be on the first power play with him, which is going to look good. Um, but they don't have too many offensive pieces, so don't count on that team being much better than they were last year. Uh, I think they will do better and they have a chance of making the playoffs due to their terrible division, especially with Pittsburgh and Washington likely taking steps back, especially if Ovi's out long term. Um, and yeah, I think he just has a lot of upside, especially since he's projected to go outside the top 125. All right. So the next one that I have is Thatcher Demko. We're really heavy on the Canucks. As you can see, we both are kind of agreeing on a bounce back season for them. I think that Demko is is I think he's going to show why he's a true um, number one goalie and a true probably top ten fantasy goaltender this season. I think that um, to expect that from him is not out of the realm of possibility. I think that that's a very solid expectation for him, and I think if you're relying on him picking him this picking him at his ADP and relying on him to step up, I think that's a good expectation and good risk to reward ratio. Next up, I have the guy from Chicago, young guy with lots of goal scoring talent, Alex Debrinkit. I think with especially the help of Tapes coming back, you saw what he did with goal scoring last year. I think he can break out even more. Uh, on that top line, likely playing with him and uh, with Taves and Kane, unless they split up their top six, which is very possible. He might end up playing with um, Kirby on that second line. But either way, I think this guy has 40 goal upside. Um, and so where he's projected, I believe he's projected in the first three rounds in either 10 or 12, uh, 12 person leagues. Um, so I think he's pretty good to go in that third round. If you can snag him later, that's definitely a good pick but I'm hesitant to take him in the second round because there's definitely going to be better players there. So just watch for that. 
I would definitely like this guy since he's, I think he's going to be better than his ADP, but there's also a lot of players in that top 20 that are probably first round worthy, just like in some, and I think ESPN Marshawn's projected to be on the second round. So just watch for that. All righty. So my next player is John Tavares. He's my second favorite leaf. I think he's honestly almost at the point where he's considered underrated for his career. I think if you look at him and his career as a whole, he's a terrific team or he's a terrific player. Excuse me. Um, he, he's, he has 40 plus goal potential. He has 80 plus point potential. I expect him to reach that barring injuries. I expect him and Nylander to have terrific chemistry. Tavares looked good. Tavares had a terrific end to the season last year in the regular season. His playoff obviously was unfortunate the way it ended, but I think it goes unnoticed that he was actually average. He was on a 1.3 point per game pace in the last 30 games of the season. I think that went unnoticed. And I expect he looked elite in the preseason with Neilander. He had great speed. Um, that's the biggest thing at this point. The third, he's now 30, 31 years old. I think that's the biggest thing is can he keep the speed? He has the hands, he has the smarts. I think if he can keep the speed, which he showed in preseason, he has the potential to return to that first year 47, 79 point John Tavares. For me, my ninth option uh, as a favorite is another Bruin. Don't call me biased. He just did a leaf. I didn't say anything. Um, but it's Jeremy Swayman. A lot of people have been calling for him to be one of those Calder finalists already. Um, all markets looked bad out of the gates in the preseason. They're definitely going to be starting in net with Swayman. Um, even considering the price gap in, in his salaries. It's just Swayman in his limited amount of uh, starts last year. I'll say it's a limited amount because we didn't see a lot of um plays but he did have an elite save percentage i believe it was above 920 around the 945 range uh he also did have a, sh- a couple shutouts in that time frame um however the only i believe it was uh seven-ish games that he played is too small a sample size to actually tell whether he's going to be a full-time starter however i think in his i think he's projected around 160 or something for that range that's good value there, especially with the good Bruins defense in front of him, especially if he can get over that hump of being a 50-50 goalie uh, as like a split starts with Allmark, which I don't think will be a problem out of the gates, but it might be if Allmark starts to heat up. I think he has potential to be a top 15 goalie um, at worst. All right. So my final favorite player heading into this season is Sam Reinhardt, again, one of the players I've hyped up all offseason. I think playing with Huberto and Barkov, he's going to put up those, those elite numbers. If Even if he doesn't end up on that, te- on that top line, he will end up on the top power play. Either way, his value dips a little bit if he's not on the top line currently. Like mm, mm, five on five, I think um, I think it's ready. He's ready to take a step on finally a good team for the first time in his career, and I think that he – is poised for a major breakout season. All right. And my final choice is Matthew Benier. Um, we talked about him a little bit earlier in, in the Seattle um, start sits. I think that if he's pro- like, he's projected right now to be on that first line for Seattle, he could be a stud for them, especially since the scouting has been so rough, especially with the, um, like the American leagues, 
for the young rookies, this guy could be very underhyped. He could be one of those elite franchise players. We don't know. So I think he definitely has amazing upside, especially because I don't think he's projected in the top 200 because he's a rookie right now and it's just not known. But he is projected to be in their top six. That's a guarantee. And it's just whether he or Gord is going to be their first line center. Either way, I think he's going to have, as a Calder Trophy finalist, he's probably going to have around 60 points. I don't think that's too unrealistic, especially on an expansion team where he's just going to be getting probably some of their only points. He's going to be aided by either Everly or Schwartz or McCann. He's going to have some elite winger with him. That's my point. And I just as a center on that team, why not give him a chance? So I like him a lot. And I think that in my dynasty league, I'm definitely holding on to him. Um, and we have one league. Our, we're in the fantasy hockey uh, bros league. And I'm holding on to him as my rookie. Uh, as you have to play a rookie this year. So that's going to end our favorites list. Uh, let's move on to our least favorites or the people we are not going to leave a draft with. Even now, we're going we're gonna to do this much quicker. Um, we figured it's more important for you to get our favorites than least favorites because these aren't necessarily stats-based. They're more of just a feeling, sort of. That's not the right word, but these are less researched and more just our, our just initial thoughts with just an eye test. So that's why for our least favorite players, it's not like busts where we put in research. We aren't calling these players busts. We just think that they aren't either they're overhyped, either they're just not good players. Um, but yeah, so I'll quickly run through my 10 and then Antonio will run through his 10 and we will be off to our final draft of the season. So my first player is Patrice Bergeron. I just think he's past the age where he can consistently put up 30 plus goals. I just don't think he has that left in him. Unfortunately, I think that that's obviously a tough one to see, but um, well, it's unfortunate for him, but tough things happen. Secondly, I have Klingberg kind of for the opposite reason, the Heisken. I think Heisken is going to take over that team. That's really his decor now. And I think Klingberg's going to start to fall off Kaprizov. This is more of, I think he is an elite player or elite goal scorer. I just think A, doesn't he won't have the assist to be a top 50 player where he's being drafted. And I just think he's a little bit overhyped. He did it in a 56-game season. And this is the prime of his career. People are saying, oh, he's 100 plus point potential. He's 25 years old. Like, he's not young. And I just, the difference between him and Panarin is Panarin came in at that age, won the caller like Kaprizov did. But he had playmaking capabilities and then was on a really good team. Minnesota's a solid team, but they win games dirty. They dirty's not the right word, but they win games in the corners, they win game in the trenches, they win game in front of the net. And I just don't see a way a way for Kaprizov to put up 80 plus points. Secondly, Brady Kachuk, or fourth, Brady Kachuk hasn't signed. The deal doesn't look like a deal is going to be done. Don't know how long he's out. Might get traded. Too many question marks there. And he, he's a bit overrated for uh, his his points ability. Uh, next, I have Cole Caulfield. This is more of a just leaf slander. I just don't like Caulfield. He's just too overhyped. I think at this point, he's too overhyped. People are calling him like the next math. He's like, let's relax here. Let's let the guy play double digit regular season games and then we can start making those types of comparisons. Next, I have John Carlson. The whole Capitals team is old. They're just all due to decline. That's all I'm going to say. Next, I have Gino. 
he's out for two months with an injury. He's been injury prone. He's really struggled the last few seasons. And I just think that um, I just don't see a way that Malkin can be a, a, a top 100 fantasy player. Next, I have Tyson Berry. I just think that he's obviously entirely reliant on points. We know that. But I just don't I don't think that the production can be there. He got he was running off a lot of secondary assists with that um playing with McDavid and Dry I just I think that he's gonna he's gonna fall off a bit and I just don't like um where he's sitting. And then the final two have Jamie Benn and Sergei Bobrovsky, very similar. Both are old, both have shown major declines in the last two seasons, and I expect that to continue. A little bit of slander on Barry that I don't agree with there. I think he's good at what he does. He's a he's a forward, but he's good at what he does. Um, but I, I won't go after you too much for that one. Agreeing a bit with your John Carlson take, I know it's going to be tough to hear, but especially with this pending long-term possible injury, Alexander Ovechkin is my first least favorite. He's projected to go in the first round in most leagues, and I just I can't see it. I don't see him. He's not an assist guy. He's totally reliant in most um, in previous years on his goals. And I can't see him topping like 40 goals again this year, especially at his age, especially with a possible long-term injury. I just don't see it as a first round pick. If I'm going to take him, I'm, he's going to be dropping below that third round to the fourth round in the forties is where I'll take him for his possible goal upside, but I'm not taking him much higher. Uh, moving through pretty quickly. I also had John Carlson as my second, like you had, I have Provorov because he's projected way too high in a lot of leagues. And that defense, of course, is going to be taken over a lot by Ellis and Rista Linen. Um, next, I have Backstrom. I'm really on the capital slander this year, especially because the Bruins played them in playoffs last year. Nope, that was a joke. That was a joke. Everybody relax. I don't have a problem with the Capitals. They're just a retirement home. But moving on, Backstrom. So you do, but anyway. Back. <laughs> Backstrom is going to be worse because Ovechkin's not going to be producing, so there's no, he's not going to get the assist points. Uh, Gino, I have as well because of his injury. Um, Kachuk, I have on Calgary. This is a questionable one, but I just personally, I've seen so many people get burned by him in the last couple of years, and I think he always shows that upside. And then he's just a dirty player, and he'll call penalty, like he'll take penalties. And he's not the type of player that seems like he wants to, to get through, like become more of a reasonable and you know what I mean? Like with You say this as a Marshawn fan. Marshawn showed no signs okay. of that. Okay, he showed no signs of that until he became like 30 years old and actually learned to be mature and was one of the best scorers on the team. Okay, okay. Kachuk's one of the best scorers on the team. Kachuk's not one. Kachuk's one of the best scorers on the team. I think he can do that. He's still very young and he's very irresponsible. Marshawn's already proved it. I don't have to fight that fight. He's already. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying Marshawn was like Kachuk. Okay, but I don't think Kachuk's ready to take that step yet to be mature. Moving on, Jake Muzzin for the Leafs. I just I don't see him meeting his. I don't see him meet. Hey, good player, not a good fantasy player. I don't see. He's good last year. I don't see him matching what he did last year mainly because i think riley's going to be good again and he's probably going to get upwards of six you're so sending but we're not talking about the leafs decor here okay i'm just slandering muzzin a little bit so will dermot so will hall so will brody look at that decor baby within the stanley cup let's go 
<laughs> Try winning a round first, buddy. Low blow. That's like kicking someone in the balls. That's a low blow. <laughs> Moving on, I have Tomas Hurdle. If he stays on the Sharks, he will not put up more than 70 points. If he gets traded to the 70 Bruins, points is a lot. I thought you were going to say something like 50 and he goes 70 points. Okay, he'll get probably south of 60 points. Anyway, I'm saying there's a hard cap. He will not hit 70 points if he stays on the Sharks. However, if he gets traded to the Bruins and he plays on that second line, which has been very much um, rumored, I could see him getting the points with Hall and Craig Smith. So he, if he gets traded, he moves off this list. Otherwise, he stays on the list. Next, Jeff Petrie. He will not match what he did last year. He's just not going to match those points. It's not going to happen. I don't think I have to explain myself. He came out of nowhere to be one of the top fantasy defensemen in the first four weeks, and he declined from there, and he's going to keep declining and not meet his ADP. And finally... Slandered him a little bit earlier with the Seattle game. Philip Grubauer, he's just with a new team. They need to get, gain chemistry. I think even – they have a good season to coach. I'll give them that. But I think that they're not going to be as successful as Vegas was, and they definitely don't have a, the, the solid bones and structure that Vegas did when they made it all the way to the finals in their first year. And with that, that's going to conclude our podcast we are going to be more consistent and actually be getting our episodes out Saturday night. Um, and Monday and Monday. And Monday we will be doing basically a double header. Saturday is going to be like the setup and then Monday is probably going to be a themed episode. Um, but I basically, I wanted to say, I'm sorry for being a little bit inconsistent. We have been getting out our weekly episodes. However, it's just been kind of in between Friday and Monday generally for our episodes but we will actually be strict with our timelines now that the season's back on. Uh, we also may be coming up with a daily uh, start sits in December. Um, any other notes before we wrap this up? Good luck to you all, and thank God hockey's back. Enough said. Thank you, everybody. Um, make sure to be back here same time, same place next week and on Saturday. Don't forget about that episode. Um, where we're going to do our first start sit, uh, setup of the year. So have a good one, everybody, and make sure you tune in the next time we drop the puck.